we had been home. We hadn't been going anywhere, so no school, no church. And then with not going to church in person when everything was closed, I got really lazy with watching the video stream on Sundays because, you know, you'll wake up late because you're not going anywhere. And I'm like, you know what? I'll watch it later. And then the week would pass and I didn't watch it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch it this Sunday. And I didn't watch it. And then time goes by and now it's like two months. I haven't seen church service. I'm out of my routine. I'm not praying like I would. I'm not reading my devotionals like I would because once you drop one part, it's so easy to let everything else fall apart. I started clinicals last month and about halfway through, I kind of start getting my butt kicked. Like it was, uh, it was tough. We see sick people all day. And this is the one place that they tell you not to be in is a hospital. And now I'm in a hospital 40 hours a week. The, the worry always starts like, am I gonna get my family sick? Am I gonna get sick? What am I gonna encounter when I'm here? It just snowballed. And eventually it was just, it was too much. You know, I got to the point where I couldn't even drive because I was having panic attacks. My thing is I wanna get through it by myself. I don't want people to know that I need them, but I, I like, I needed people and I needed everyone that I could possibly have. Because of all the things that Skyline has taught me, I have a whole army of people. I have a family. There's always someone I can call. Sharon, even in Texas, I can still call her. I think I called Joanna and I text her like 10 times a day. I call Lori when I need her. Anyone in my life group, I know I can call them at any time. We have a group chat and there's always times of the day when I'm just in there like, hey guys, freaking out. I just need you to pray for me. I need you to like talk me off the ledge. And in five seconds, I have 24 responses and a whole prayer chain is going on and people are calling me. And one thing that I know is God didn't put me here to suffer. God didn't put me here to be anxious. He'll make it right for you in the end. It might not be today, might not be tomorrow, but I know that God has bigger plans for me and whatever I need to go through right now to be able to help someone later, then that's okay because I saw Heidi speak last week and that opened my eyes because I thought I was the only one going through this. I thought I was the only one who was nervous. I thought I was the only one that was anxious. So hearing her speak and, and knowing that you're not the only one who feels like this, it makes me feel better. And it's not always gonna be good days, you know, just because things get better, it doesn't mean that every day is gonna be better. But, you know, I know I'm not always gonna face these challenges. I bet you can relate to that. Most of us can uh, very much relate to that. Uh, what's going on in your life? What's happening? How are you handling everything that's going on? We, we went through the, the big rush at the beginning, right? And then we were like, oh, I think it's getting better. I think it's getting better. The last few minutes, we're, the last few, uh, maybe a month now, it started to, to walk back up again. And, and uh, the governor just recently came out with, hey, we, we're going we're gonna to take some steps here. And so... So much of life can feel like it's just out of control. And even in your own spirit, it can feel like it's out of control. Like, God, I need you. Today we're going to talk about restoration and healing. God, I want to be restored. I want to be healthy. I want to be well, inside and out. I want to be healed from the hurts. Almost always when we're anxious, there is some hurt that happened in our past that still is 
is haunting us as we move forward. So as we begin today, this is what I need you to do first. I want you to pick one thing that you want God to do. One thing you want God to do. The thing that you like, I really need God to do this either in me or in my life. This is where I need restoration and healing. This is what I need him to do. Pick that one thing. Lots of times we have 45 things floating out there. Just take 15 seconds. Hard to be quiet for 15 seconds, isn't it? Pick that one thing. And then we're going to jump into what God has to say. There's actually this specific passage in the Old Testament. And this passage or this part of the story happens when then they are, they are uh, the temple uh, in Jerusalem has just been built. It's brand new. And so the, the back story to all of this is when they left Egypt, when the, the nation of Israel left Egypt, they had, <clears throat> excuse me, they had a temporary temple. They had a tabernacle. They would set it up and tear it down and set up and tear it down. Um, and they dreamed one day of having that permanent temple where God would dwell. And so God dwelt in the tabernacle, and then they moved into, they conquered Israel. They, that was their homeland. They said, and then David was one of their first kings, and David wanted to build this temple. And God said, you can't build it because you're a man of war. God, David had expanded their boundaries and, and really solidified things, and he said, but your son can. So David collected all sorts of uh, material, wood, and, and whatever was needed to build it, but he wasn't allowed to build it. And then Solomon, his son, actually had it built. He built it. And then this verse actually comes as part of the ceremony when they are opening that temple, this place where God will dwell. And this is what God says to them. If my people who are called by my name... So it's talking about the Israelites, but, but did you know that when you become a believer, when you trust Christ, the Bible says that you are the temple of God. He dwells in you. My people who are called by my name, there's a passage in John chapter 1 where he says, listen, Jesus came and that if you, if you, and, and but his people rejected him. But if you put your faith in him, he gives you the power to become the, the child of God. To be adopted by God. To take on the name of God. So this promise is not for everyone. You may be in the part of life where you're checking out what Jesus has to say. You may be in the part of life where you're like, listen, I've always believed in Jesus ever since I was two. Which means you've never met him. It means it's somebody who's just kind of always existed. You've always believed in him, but you've never met him. You've never moved your faith from who you yourself to him. But everyone who has put their faith in him, then you are his people and you are called by his name. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he gives us four conditions, four things that we can do, and when we do, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. So let's jump into those four conditions. Let's take a look at what, 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 what happens here. How do we do this? So you pick this one thing, right? This one thing. How do I get God 
for restoration and healing. Number one, admit I'm not in control. Admit I'm not in control. This is going to be a big part of what we talk about all day. This idea that I, I got to get God to do something. It's the reason, that I, the reason that God is here is because I'm trying to get this done. I'm trying to move in a certain direction. I'm trying to, and I need God to do this so that the whole time you're in control. The whole time you're actually just using God to do what you want to do, to accomplish what you want to accomplish, thinking it's your life. It's your program. He says, if my people will humble themselves. Let's start with humility. Humility is not that you focus on thinking about yourself in a better way. Humility is, I just don't think about myself. I'm not focused on me. This is not really about me. Humility is that, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. God is God. I'm not God. Humility is, there's something really, really huge and big and amazing happening here. I'm not the center of it. It's really not about me. My actual life is not about me. If you, and, and we're going to kick through four quick things. If I'm humble, God will guide me. The Bible says God leads the humble in the right way and teaches them his will. So this restoration and healing, is guidance part of that? Do you need to know? As a matter of fact, do you need restoration and healing because four roads ago you took the wrong road and then you took another wrong road and then you took another wrong road? And you cannot figure out how to get from where you are to where you need to be. Humble yourself, and he will guide you. If I'm humble, God will bless me. I will bless those who have humbled, have humble and contrite hearts. I'm a great man of faith, and because I believe God so well, it's not going to happen. The, the person that he blesses is the one who, this, this is not about me. I don't deserve this. Which leads us into the next one. If I'm humble, God will give me grace. Grace is when God gives you something you don't deserve. It's when God gives you blessing you don't deserve. You don't earn it. Listen to this passage. For God opposes the proud. For God opposes the proud. If you are in control, if you think you rule your life, if you think it's my life, I can do what I want with it. If you think you're running life to, and you want to get to the end of life, and at the end of life, there's going to be trophies for you because you're such an amazing person and you made such great decisions, you are in opposition to God. This whole idea that you're going to leave a legacy is in opposition to God. If I'm humble, God will give me the power to change. Take the yoke I give you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble. Did you hear that? Jesus is humble. 
Jesus did not come to earth and go, hey, it's all about me. Jesus came to earth and said, I'm all about the Father. For I am gentle and humble, and I will restore deep rest to your soul. Restoration and healing. Why? Because I stick my neck in the yoke next to Jesus, and wherever he leads, that's where I go. Because this is not about me. It's about following him. So the first is to humble yourself. The second is to ask God for help. This is pretty simple, but how many times do you find yourself fretting and thinking and working and trying to get over this thing, and and you're not asking God for help? The ask God for help and the humble thing goes together in this way. How often do you ask God for something in your marriage? And as soon as you get done asking God for that, for God to do that, you start nagging your spouse. Why? Because you've asked God, but you're still in control. And you ask, but you act like he wasn't going to answer. You ask, but you act like you're the answer. If my people will pray, I tell you the truth, my father will give you anything you ask for in my name. Until now, you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be the fullest possible. We're going to skip the next verse and go right on to to the one after it. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. That actually passage says, listen, ask other people to pray for you. The end of this passage is is led beforehand by where he says, listen, ask other people to pray for you. Not only ask God for help, but ask other people to ask for help. That's why we do groups. That's why I keep saying, send us your prayer requests so we can pray for each other. Listen to this. Pray in, pray in the Spirit all times for all kinds of prayers, asking for all you need. To do this, you must always be ready and never give up and always pray for all God's people. If you're like, how in the world would I do that? Get last week's message. It, it just lays it right down for you to where, to where you'd be able to do that. Number three, seek God, not a miracle. This is my favorite part of the message. Seek God, not a miracle. What? If it's my life and I need restoration and I need healing, when I go to God, I'm really focused on what I need. But what you want to do is to seek God himself. Seek God. It's not a miracle. Listen to this. If my people will seek my face. Have you ever done that? Have you ever sought presence with God? Where maybe I can't literally see his face. Although Jesus came to give us what God actually looks like in the flesh, how he acts, how he interacts. So you get to, get to see him that way. But in this desire to see God change something, do you have time to seek him, to find him? It's like, I want to be with him. You know what this like is, is like in your human relationships. 
in my life group, we were talking about it this week. And you know I talk about this quite often because it's part of my life. That our wives, right? We will do what our wives want. We'll do what we think they want. They'll tell us what they want. We'll finally hear what they want. We'll do what they want. And we'll work and we'll work and we'll work and we'll get done. And then she'll go, um, um, we need to talk. You know, you know that's bad. She'd be like, I just don't feel like we're connecting. What more do you want? It's because we missed the point. She wanted to work on that with me. She, want, she didn't want just to get it done. She wanted me to seek her face. To find out who she is and interact with who she is. If my people will seek my face, I love those who love me and those who seek me and find me. Don't turn this into a big, huge spiritual thing. It's not. It's very simple. Do you love God? And do you seek to spend time with him because you love him? Like you just love being with him. God rewards those who earnestly seek him. Again, if you're not careful, you'll be like, rewards? Did you say rewards? And say, I'm in control. This is how I get the rewards. No, 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 no. The, the point is, seek him. He'll take care of the rewards. If you seek the Lord your God, you will find him. If you look for him with all your heart, with all your soul, when you are in distress and all these things have happened to you, you will return to the Lord your God and obey him. He's listening. Even in the worst of trouble, you can seek my face and you will find me and I will care for you. For he is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you. You've probably heard this before, but hear it in this light. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek his face. It's his world. Seek him. Not a miracle. Listen to this. And all these other things will be given to you as well. Here's a warning. You see this with TV preaching. You see this with a lot of places throughout the world where people say, if you want to be healed, this is how you do it. And then they, they portray the story as if because they did the right formula, they were healed. One, that's a lie. Two, you're going to find out that formula, it doesn't work. And you're going to be heartbroken and you're going to either think you failed or you're going to think God failed when that is not true. What's true is he's asking you to seek him. And then he will add all these things to your life. And I'm old enough now I can say this. I, didn't, I was younger, I, I couldn't say this. I'm old enough now I can say this. I have yet to meet anyone who sought God's face and sought God's kingdom that was not full of joy and that he had not 
that they, not, they, don't, they don't go, I can't believe all of what God has done in my life. Now, I've met many, many people who said, I followed God, and you research your life, and you're like, no, you were still in control. You were still, no, no. It's amazing how God keeps this promise. Number four, fourth condition, last one. If my people turn from their wicked ways. Rick Warren says, uh, here's, here's, here's a definition of wicked you may have never thought of. When I forget God. When you think wicked, when I think of wicked, we, t- we think of someone stabbing somebody or somebody doing something horrible. No, no, no. When I just forget God. When I live my life as though it's my life and I just forget. Because we naturally do wicked things outside of God. That's where the pride comes from. That's where the, the selfishness comes from. That's where the day-to-day worry and fret comes from. We just forget God. If my people turn from their wicked ways, if you hide your sins, you will not succeed. But if you confess and reject them, you will receive mercy. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, just a simple point on this one, and then we're going to do something fun. When you come to God and you ask forgiveness, are you pure? I asked that to my life group this week, and and they were like, you know why that is? That's because we think it has something to do with us instead of understanding it has everything to do with God. And when he makes you that promise, and you come to him, and you come clean, whoa, you are intimate with God. There's nothing between you. You might be carrying something. You might think that's true. He doesn't. It's incredible, and it's what leads to restoration and healing. Now, in this, all that we talked about so far, in prayer, does it feel like tug of war? Does it feel like tug of war often when you're interacting with God? Like, like God is pulling one way, and you're pulling another way. And you're like, I want God, I want all this stuff, but man, it just seems hard. It seems like really tug of war. It's like one, God, you, you You want more than what I can give. God, I want something that you don't seem to be giving. Well, we've invited uh, our gang from uh, Awana. Awana usually does tug of war four ways, but we just didn't have enough enough stage, uh, enough room on our stage. And so we have a yellow team and we have the blue team. Choose which one you're going to cheer for, all right? Either yellow or blue. At home, you do it too. In your living room, choose which one. Like, don't everybody choose for the same one, right? And then you cheer for each other. Yellow is on this side, but the Genesis and Awan, Tate is blue. All right, so you guys ready? And go! Go, go! Oh! All right, that was quick. Let's do it again. They didn't get a chance to cheer. Let's do it again. Here we go. Come on. Here we go. Come on. Ready? Go! Woo! All right, here we go. All right, man, they go fast. All right, now listen. This is championship round. Championship round. Everybody stand up and get ready. Come on, get into it. Here we go. Here we go. Ready, set, go. Oh, oh, almost. Woo-hoo! Oh, that was close. That was close. You don't know how mad Tate would have been. 
That was really, like she touched it and didn't quite get it. Is it true, guys? In your life with God, when it comes to the things that you, you, you desperately need restoration and healing in, that it feels like a tug of war. Like, God, what do I have to do to get you to do this? God, why hasn't this happened yet? God, where are you? And so we pray, and then we control. Then we pray, and we seek our own kingdom. The reason for trug of war is because when we pray, we, don't, we then don't live as though God has your absolute best interest at heart. One of you said this this week. They said, I, 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 this is what I'm getting from this, this series. God only asks you to do good things. He would never, ever, ever ask you to do something that goes against what's your best interest. And then you have a choice. You get to either do what he says or not. If you do what he says, he is going to produce good fruit. He said, I'm not going to produce the good fruit. He's going to. So, here's three promises that he gives. And when God promises, he cannot lie. This promise is for you. I will hear from heaven. You ever have that tug of war? Like, I'm praying, I'm praying, it feels like it's falling off the ceiling? When you humble yourself, when you pray, when you seek God, not the miracle, when you seek his face, when you come clean, it is guaranteed he hears from you. There's no chug of war. It's not happening. It's, it's something you've made up. You might be playing tug of war. God's not playing. He's not on the other side going like this. He's made you a promise. He's going to keep that promise. I will forgive your sins. I'm going to ask you this question, but I think I already know the answer to the question, so I don't want to pretend as if I don't. This thing you need God to do, what's more important? That he makes you pure so that you can go into his presence free and open, knowing there's nothing between you and him. Or this thing you need him to do? I know the answer. It's that you can walk into his presence. Well, how do I know that answer? Because there is no amount of money, there is no amount of prestige, there is no job, there is no marriage that will ever give you the joy of knowing that I'm standing before God, my creator, Jesus, my savior, and we're one. We're like, we're, this, is, this is incredible. I'm good. 
Do you feel like there's a tug of war there? Not on God's side. When you come clean, he cleanses you. I will heal your land. I'll heal you. Now, along this way here, we've... I want to be careful here, because sometimes God literally heals you. I've seen him heal people. But I know this. You see, he'll always do what's best for you. Lori, my wife, she has arthritis, and, and we prayed and prayed and prayed for her to be healed. Every time we would meet somebody new in a new place, we'd tell our story, and they'd be like, I'm going to pray for that, God's going to heal you. And we'd get our helps up, and then... Well, next week, Lori and I are going to tell our story. The whole service is going to be given to Lori and I telling our story. I'm going to tell the end of the story now. God said no to us. And at the same time, he did what was best for us. Because he's committed to doing what's best. He's not playing tug of war. And you don't have to play tug-of-war with him. We've got somebody, actually, she started, Natalie started to the, our, our talk today, and she shared a little bit. She's discovered a little bit of this, and she's experiencing it. And so I'd like to hear, have you hear a little bit more about this. Because of how I've been feeling, I found myself in a constant conversation with God, like all day. Like, it's good that we have the mask on because if people saw how much I was talking to myself right now, they would probably think I was crazy. But I am literally praying all day like, hey, God, it's me again. Not feeling that great. I'm just letting you know. I'm talking through it. I'm not claiming the feelings to be mine. And I just, I need you to get me through this. I need you to get me through the next five minutes. I need you to get me through the next 30 seconds. Like when I feel like I'm gonna drop, even though I've never passed out in my life. And I just feel like, oh my gosh, the room is spinning. I'm like, God, please hold my legs up. Give me strength, give me peace, give me courage. Whatever you are giving, I will take crumbs at this point. And even a crumb from God is so much to us. So it was funny then that Last week, Pastor Chris went over of all the times that you can pray and kind of gave us a guideline. And I was like, this is good because I'm gonna give God a little bit of a break in between <laughs> my constant prayer sessions, but having something to kind of go off of just so I don't fall off track again. So when I am feeling better, I can still have the times where I'm like, you know what, I feel okay, but I just wanna to talk to you. I want to say thank you. I want to show you how much I appreciate everything you're doing for me. Right now, my main thing is literally, like I know some people say, just put one foot in front of the other. No, I am literally putting one foot in front of the other and asking to God to just meet me on the other side of that step because that's all I can muster up right now. So being obedient to God is is just as hard i've always had a problem with authority i've always had a problem with following steps just because that's what you're supposed to do but being obedient to god gives you a freedom that i've never felt before so even now i'll take my crumb at a time because the peace that i have 
having the relationship with God that I do now, nothing in the world gave me that. I know it's worth it and, and growth is uncomfortable. So I'm going to keep being obedient and God's gonna keep showing up and it's just all gonna go up from there. Uh, I love that line. Uh, I'll take the crumb. Because the joy is incredible. The joy is amazing. Let's take, you, you take that thing you, you started with, right? And I, I'm going I'm to pray for you together. I'm going to lead you in prayer. You take that thing you started with. Let's walk, let's practice this. Walk through these four things. And you apply it to what you need God to do in your life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, First and foremost, we humble ourselves. We step back. Lord, I, I need you to do this thing, and, and we need you to do this thing. And, and Lord, for me, I need you to lead us. I need Skyline as a family to thrive in the midst of all this change and COVID and and all of what's going on. But Lord, it's not about us. And we're not in control of this. And we want to recognize that. And because that is true, we need your help. I, I love this place, Lord. I love being in a place where if you don't deliver, we have no other hope. And that's where we are. And Lord, there's a couple hundred of us praying this right now. I'm going to ask our life groups to pray this throughout the week. Because we know you have the answer, you have the power. Then Lord, right this moment we seek your face. You know the miracle that we need. But we know that seeing you, being with you, connecting with you is way more important. And that's what we want. We want what you want. We want what you want. Our perspective is we need you to do this. But what we want is what you want. Then, Lord, we come clean. This morning, Lord, I don't have any, anything specific other than just to renew that my flesh is wicked. It doesn't want to think about you or care about you. It wants to lust. It wants to steal. It wants to greed. It, it just... And Lord, because of your name, that is not who I am anymore. Then lastly, Lord, I want to pray for Natalie. She said you'd show up. I ask you to show up. I want to pray for every person that's praying with us today. You said you'd heal the land. You'd show up. I ask for you to show up. In your name we pray. Amen.